with issue for all women. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's Sunday Chops, the first of two Edinburgh comedy specials. It's Mickey, by the way. Kind of assume you know our accents now, but you might be new here altogether, in which case, welcome, welcome. I am the northern one. Because Standard Issue is born of incredible comedy stock, we know the month of August as the Edinburgh Festival. That's what it's called. And while we're not heading up there ourselves this year, a whole host of funny women will be doing their thing in various overhot venues in Scotland's capital. This week, I'm chatting to human ball of energy, Helen Bauer, who not only tells me about giving advice, dealing with diet culture, and what it's like to have Marsha from Spaced as your mum, but also introduced me to penisland.com. I love stationery, but this was not what I expected. I mean, I'm guessing you're probably ahead of innocent little moi here. Clearly, I had a look to see if it exists on the internet. No joy. But there is penisland.net, and it does have wood and pens. I shit you not. Penisland, by the way, if anyone uh, was as naive as me. Penisland. After the break, you can hear me chatting to Japanese comedian based in the UK, Yuriko Katani, who's trying to put the fear into me with her talk of kaiju, that's monsters or strange beasties, to those of us who don't speak Japanese. You can give both of them a follow on the socials. Helen is at Helen Babauer, Helen B.A. Bauer, and Yuriko is at Yuriko Comedy. If you are lucky enough to be going up to Edinburgh, I'd very much recommend going to see either, or even better, both of their shows. Hello, I am joined on the Zoom by comedian, co-host of the Trusty Hogs podcast and Madam Goodtit herself, Helen Bauer. Helen, hello. Hello. I just realised, are we recording this? Yeah, I'm recording. Oh my gosh, are we recording it locally? No, no, I'm, I've, I've got it covered, it's fine. The that was sorted. the worst art to an intro ever. You give me a lovely intro and I'm like, are we, are we doing this? Is this how we're doing it? Just for the listeners, this whole interview is going to be purely about technical ways to record a podcast. I, I don't think I made that clear at the top. <laughs> it's going to be really fascinating. I've got a lot to say because I got a D in GCSE ICT short course. So I feel like I have a lot to bring to the table. ICT? What is that? ICT. Internet computer technology. Darling, I went to school before the internet was a thing. So this is all new to me. (laughs) Oh, no. I I was at that awful time when the internet was like at school, but very new. But the teachers had not learned the internet, but we had a little bit. But then they had to try and teach us about it. And it was awful because you could see them being like, we don't know. And we were like, we know. You don't know how to put blocks up on anything. We can do whatever we want. (laughs) And even as a student, I remember looking at the teachers going, oh, you're in for a rough ride. Like, this is tough. So that D in ICT was because you were watching porn because you could? Uh, It was mainly like penisland.com and stuff like that. You, okay, so there was a thing at school where you'd be like, oh, you know you can get free pens if you go on penisland.com. So you type it in, but it actually spells out penisland, and it's just a website full of cock. Oh, wowzers. <laughs> and that was before Tinder. Incredible scenes. It was incredible an incredible scene. time. Incredible. <laughs> let's, let's move on from technology, although I'm pretty sure we could talk about this for a lot longer. <laughs> Helen, you have been fingering pies all over the shop, which Thank means... You. We need to talk Edinburgh Show and your tour, Madam Goodtit. We need to talk about your podcast with Catherine Bohart, Trusty Hogs. And we need to talk about your BBC Three pilot, Small Doses, in which Julia Deakin, Marsha from Space, plays your mum. Where do you want to start? Where do you want to start? Oh, my God. (laughs) 
fingering which pie. I don't know. I feel like each of them are a different flavor pie, and my fingers in the chocolate one. But I don't know which one the chocolate one we're talking about is. Should we go for my podcast? Let's do Trusty Hogs. Yeah, sure. Let's do Trusty Hogs. You and co-host Catherine Bohart and a special guest. So you so you take on the role of agony ants and you give advice. Is that right? We do, and I think we give incredible advice. <laughs> but for some reason, Catherine Bohart and every listener is like oh no we're just there because it's funny advice but I genuinely think it's good I don't think I'm the best person to sell the podcast because clearly I have a very different opinion of it <laughs> have you gone in with a very this is very serious I'm hoping to help people yes yes <laughs> and often the advice is like oh you're fine get over it and then people are like oh no no they want genuine advice and I'm like no no they're fine they're 20 you know like oh, very totally. flippant like we get such sincere beautiful letters like I don't know how to make new friends and I'm at uni and I'm like I don't know like go to a club (laughs) (laughs) I think Catherine is there for the balance yeah and I am there for the fitness like just to be the sexy one I feel like I might be the sexy one you're bringing the hot thank you which a podcast needs like a sexy voice yeah oh, you know? I thought you were going to say the visuals which every podcast needs it needs really good visuals really good I mean we do release every episode on YouTube as well oh god you're so brave you t- brave slash foolish I don't know it's a fine line it's foolish because we forget <laughs> that we're filming and then like I'll see a clip and it's just me like scratching a spot on the back of my head <laughs> whilst Catherine says something really beautiful and profound and I'm like where is it where is it <laughs> you no one should be filmed for that long no it's too much if you if you film for so long you forget the cameras are there then you are going to do stuff you shouldn't be doing yeah like scratching things mm. like picking at stuff like i'm such a fiddler are you a picker oh yeah you me and olivia coleman right we're in very good company we asked the question on standard issue like what is your worst habit and she said picking her nose and the audience went Ugh! and i was like oh come on loads I of you do that everything. yeah i like anything that i can get my finger into it will get there <laughs> i'm not that sure i can endorse this <laughs> revolting but i actually will stand by that statement <laughs> like once i was backstage at a gig and there was a little hole and I was like, oh, I wonder if my finger can fit in it. And it got stuck. And then they introduced <laughs> me to stage and I was just attached backstage with my finger in a hole. Because I wanted to see. And it did fit. It just didn't fit back out. Oh, <laughs> when I was little, I got an apple pip lodged up my nose and uh, couldn't get it down again. And my mum had to take me to hospital. <laughs> I mean, at least you were little. That's tough to explain as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Have you always been someone who likes giving advice slash solving other people's problems? No, and I, <laughs> this is why it's such a surprise. It is quite fun, but you know when you're like people sending like a problem and you're like, I do think it deserves a good answer, but I don't think you're going to get it from me. <laughs> and there's no way, because I can't even give myself advice. So this is why we have the wonderful balance of Catherine and a guest to counteract me just being like, I don't know, maybe we should all just cry in a ball and stay there until it all gets better. Sometimes that's helpful. Sometimes that is very helpful. I think I'm the person who's like, don't solve it, lean into the drama. (laughs) Is that the best bit of advice you can give? 
Yeah, if your friends, if they send them a message, be like, oh, like, I'm having a couple of problems with my friendships at school. I'm just sort of like, okay, then stir it up. Let's go for it, okay? You've got one <laughs> year left and GCSEs are over. You'll be going to different colleges. I'd say live your best life. Like, <laughs> I don't know if the sun, if anyone from the sun is listening and they need to replace dear Deirdre, I think we've got your girl. I think we've got her. <laughs> oh, my God, what an honour. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give to readers of the sun? Stop reading. The stop song. reading it. Yeah, stop <laughs> totally. reading it. What is the best bit of advice you've ever been given? Oh my god. Okay. So it's what my mum always told me when I was younger. And you know when you don't understand the meaning of something until you're older. Mm. But she'd always be like, "Don't jump in a puddle if you can't remember the last time it rained, because it will be piss." And I was like, "Okay." Because you always see puddles when you're little and you want to jump in them. Wow, and now insane. I know. You see a puddle, do not step in it because it's urine. Wow, I thought that was like an analogy for something really profound, but it is just about not getting piss on your shoes. It really is just about not getting piss on your shoes, yeah. I mean, it's still very valid. Yeah, it's useful. It's useful. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about your stand-up show, Madam Good Tit. What a title, mate. Which is about damaging diet messages. Can you tell us a bit more? I was like really hesitant to talk about being fat on stage for like so many years because I was like I don't know like if I want to discuss it or whether I've got a good angle on it because I don't have that classic experience of feeling uncomfortable in my body and feeling like my Mm. fat body isn't like welcome because my confidence is so high and then I was like you know what I might as well speak about it because everything that I have been told is damaging more in recent years about the diet culture that we grew up around I didn't see as damaging I was like so ignorant and young and happy that I was like this is amazing so like you know the diet tv shows back in the noughties like mm. super size versus super skinny I understand now that it is horrifying that the fat people are made to wear nude colored underwear and stand next to a pyrex tube where they pour in gravy and go you're disgusting I understand yeah. that I also thought as a child, oh my God, these people are so good at eating. Like they're so creative (laughs) with their food. I base all my takeaway orders and like anything I make at home off what the supersizers ate. I just thought they were inspirational. I love that. I love that. (laughs) And I thought it was a funny show. Like even when I wasn't huge when I was younger, like they do that thing on those diet TV shows where they take them to see like how much butter they eat in a year to shock them and they build like a pyramid of all the butter and the fat person had to pretend to be like disgusted but it's like they're fat if you show them a pyramid of butter they're hungry Yeah. and I yeah. thought it was like Same. a funny joke <laughs> <laughs> so I'm exploring that in comparison to the quote unquote healthy diet culture that we have today which is still a lot of pressure on women it's still a diet like it until we stop commenting on it and creating any restriction Mm -hmm. however broad it is such as intuitive eating it's still restrictive yeah like you just need to leave it that's the only way to do it is just to everyone stop commenting so it's like having a little comparison on the two of them it's interesting isn't it because i mean i'm not a massive fan of this phrase but it certainly fits here in that that whole diet culture that whole restrictions lives rent free Mm -hmm. in women's heads even if they're kind of okay about it like you you're you're still thinking about it it's still there it's still taking up space and energy that we could you know be doing much better stuff with that space and energy yeah we totally could but it's like your constant 
trying to figure out like oh I don't want to I want to eat this but I don't want to eat that in front of this person because they might judge me it's like a constant battle in your head to trying to figure it out instead of it being that you can just eat what you want to be able to sustain you so your brain can function mm-hmm. and then you think about like some of the diets that were around when I was younger which were like just malnutrition based like the special k diet comes to mind oh my <laughs> like, god oh my god I was obsessed with those special k ads like obsessed, we were all in obsessed the 90s. With it. what was going on with us how right number one how are we going to lose a gene size in two weeks no that's mad it's, it's also it's, it's bad <laughs> a small bowl of cereal twice a day it's you're you're, you're malnourished <laughs> that's it that's it you're, you're unable to function they're just making sure that we don't get equal pay and it worked we're such idiots we fell for it <laughs> that's that space and energy but that whole thing of can you pinch an inch and even with me at my unhealthy skinniest because i was into disordered eating the answer was yes mm-hmm. because skin because skin exists yeah because skin's elastic it stretches yeah yeah, yeah. it's mad it's mad it is it's so mad i will never buy a red dress and it's special case fault you'd look great in a red dress thank you that's very lovely of you to say if you ever decide to get one i fully support it and i'm allowed to eat stuff other than cereal if i'm wearing it oh god no jesus don't take it too far no. <laughs> yeah okay we're here to promote women wearing the clothes they want but not to say they can eat whatever they want whilst wearing the red dress no 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 that's a glass of water with a slice of lemon thank you very much (laughs) oh thank god i I spoke to you before i placed that order i would have made a complete fool of myself oh if you feel uncomfortable you can always just check with the closest man like there's always an option (laughs) (laughs) definitely i love that you're coming at it from a positive angle then and i guess you must get like a lot of feedback from from women who are so pleased to hear you talking about stuff in this way right I do. I think I mainly do get it from fat women who are just sort of like, oh yeah, like I watch those shows all the time. Like I watch those diet TV shows constantly. Like it's not a big shame that we grew up watching it. It's just what we think of it now. And also just enjoying a fat body and also allowing it to be part of comedy. Because with the trend of speaking about bodies being very like, don't mention it like just respect it don't but it's like no no fat is also funny like we can't we can't deny that the vicar of dibley worked really well because it was funny but also she was fat and it really helped her like her boobs were so big it was great like if not she jumps in the puddle and we're watching a drowning and i think it's coming at it from like a funny like i'm fat and like fat can be funny let's enjoy it and not have it be this big burden and literal weight that puts on society and other people around me and how I fit in like it's a fun look at diet culture Uh uh-huh yeah totally and because body positivity has been this huge movement and it's very very earnest right I think it's very earnest and I think it's incredibly valid but it seems to have shifted now to something called body neutrality where like don't think about your body at all and I'm like that's really sad because as I've got older and for the first time in my life because of that fucking social conditioning because of that living rent free in my head I've started Mm -hmm. not to try to make myself smaller I've started to enjoy taking up space and also just like recognizing the stuff my body can do so the other day instead of going oh I don't like the shape of my legs I got up the top of the stairs and I shouted aren't knees amazing because they are (laughs) that's an amazing level to get to (laughs) i just think body neutrality and body positivity it's like it's just another label that we're putting ourselves that we have to achieve like Mm. you have to achieve complete body neutrality or complete body positivity and you have to praise your body but some days you won't be in the mood to do that 
I don't think any less of a woman who's my size who doesn't enjoy her body. Like, because God knows what she's gone through or what her upbringing is or where she's coming from. Like, confidence isn't permanent. Mm -hmm. Neither is neutrality. Just allow it to move. And if you are feeling uncomfortable in your body, then that's okay as well. It's not that you have to love it all the time. It's constant pressure on people. Just whatever you feel that day is fine because it will change. Oh, see that you are good at giving advice. Is that advice or is that just a rant? <laughs> but it's got, there's, there's advice in there. I think the advice could be boiled down to fuck it, but I appreciate that. That's what I'm saying. My advice is always fuck it. Like it's fine. Because <laughs> you, you, you're going to fight for body positivity to love your body. And by the time you get there and you really love your body, your body will inevitably change. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's move on to the final pie that I am aware of. And I say that, listeners, and she's already in the warm up told me of another pie. So there will be more. But the final pie that I'm aware of is Small Doses, which is your pilot for BBC Three. And it's currently available to watch on the iPlayer. I recommend everybody does. It's excellent. I thoroughly enjoyed it. But can you tell our listeners what it's about and how amazing it was to have Marsha from Space as your mum? I love that you refer to her as Marsha from Space. That's who she is. Like, I love Julia, but she's Marsha from Space. Yeah. 100%. When I wrote the script, I was like, I really want Marsha from Space. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously I don't know her. I've got no links to anyone like her. So I sent her like a personal letter. Dear Marsha from Space. Please be my mummy. Please play my mum. <laughs> really appreciate it. Among our friends, whenever someone pops a bottle of Prosecco, we all go, hey, it must be Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> she's so amazing and uh -huh. I'm, I'm genuinely in love with Julia I can't handle how incredible she is she's so funny on the day when we were filming it was the first day we actually met in person because so much COVID testing mm. we had to do a rehearsal on Zoom together oh wow it was so weird and then like I was already on set filming another scene and then they were like Julia's downstairs and I was like oh. <laughs> and she went hello darling call me mummy <laughs> could have been Julia could have been Joe Lysett <laughs> could have been anyone could have been literally anyone <laughs> so tell us about what the story is about with small doses so I'm obsessed with sitcoms I have been my entire life and I love like big fun characters so I was like okay Really, Helen? Really, Helen? <laughs> okay, all right, okay, I'm trying my best here. <laughs> I just wanted, like, a really fun, overly positive character. Someone who was just, like, constantly, like, so thriving in life, despite the fact that everyone else around her is like, no, what is wrong with you? <laughs> There's something fun about that. So I basically took my hometown, which is Fleet in northeast Hampshire, you know, the service station on the M3. Okay. There's a town just behind the Burger King. Because it's an amazing place to set something, because there's so much going on. <laughs> and I wanted my character to have that classic sort of, like, just arriving back home. She's in her late 20s. And everyone else has lived there the entire time. Their lives have moved on. And she arrives back and she's still in an 18-year-old headspace. Mm -hmm. Having to try and drag everyone back down to her because there's no way she's growing up. And she's <laughs> not picking up on the fact that everyone has changed. <laughs> Do you know whether it's been picked up as a series yet? We don't know. <gasps> Bums. It's awful, isn't it? Yeah, isn't that terrible. awful? Do you know when you might find out? Apparently it can be anywhere between like three months and like seven years I had <laughs> 
seven years. Is that not someone just shitting with you? Is it? I don't know. I've never been in this process before. <laughs> this is the thing. I wish. I wish that like one of my parents worked in the industry, so I could be like, "Can you like help me out with this?" But my dad works in sewage. I'm like screwed. <laughs> <laughs> actually i'm not screwed like there's always a job for me down at the shit farm if i need it but yeah i don't know i wish i knew oh well everything crossed because it totally deserves a series <laughs> i think netflix will buy it i think netflix really want a sitcom set in fleet hampshire <laughs> i mean they've been they've been gasping for one really gasping for one they won't know what Everyone's that is have you seen it. where they've set sex education it's in england but fucking hell what the fuck which bit of england do they think that is <laughs> I googled it. It's Wales. It's uh-huh. in the middle of arty Wales. Yeah, and it's ridiculous. Who lives in these houses? But no, uh, come on, Netflix, if you're listening uh, again with the read with the sun. I think they're all big fans of the Standard Issue podcast. If you are listening, sure. you need to pick up small doses. Yeah. But you're filming something else, which was the the sneak pie, the sneak pie that was introduced to me before we started recording. Tell me about the sneaky pie. I am. You know what? I don't even know where it's going to end up, actually. But I am filming a special of my first show. It was me when I was younger. So instead of being Madam Goodtear, I was a little Miss Baby Angel Face. Because <laughs> I do believe that God loves an arrogant title. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm filming that this Monday. That's exciting. Which is insane. When you think about filming an old show two weeks before you start the run of your new show Mm. sure sure sounds like a terrible decision but when you're foolish and confident like me (laughs) why not i thought there was going to be some sort of like oh well just because of the timings explanation but you're just like no i just thought fuck it i can do this let's do it you've got to throw yourself in right and then regret it later when you grow a sty. Oh, <laughs> stress might not be coming out of Helen's mouth, but it's it's sort of doing its thing to her body, which I'm sure we can all relate to. Yeah, it's adorable. Yeah, it's so cute. <laughs> IBS snacks, baby. <laughs> yeah, I was I was saying to Helen how my I managed to sort of fight my depression to a, a sort of sustainable level and then my body went ha but have you considered shitting yourself in public and I was like oh damn it I hadn't uh, but... <laughs> I just love that you're another upbeat person with depression because I've got depression <laughs> but I'm really also naturally upbeat as well as being depressed uh-huh. so people find it really jarring and it also made it really hard when I first was like really struggling to tell people because I was like they're not going to believe me because <laughs> yeah. I'm very secretive with it like <laughs> And then I was like, oh man, no wait, there are others of us who are like really upbeat, positive yeah. little queens running around with depression. Absolutely. It's just such a weird juxtaposition of the action though. Totally. It is a bit mad, isn't it? I remember my friend saying to me, she's like, even when you're depressed, you're still very funny. And I was like, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Honestly, I think the world's ending and I don't think I'll ever be happy again, but thank you so much. I've never made you laugh. Play a little scene, do some funny voices. <laughs> exactly that but you know we're still standing so clearly there's method in our madness there's method in the madness also i think we're just naturally upbeat who also just have depression totally it's totally. just convincing people that there is a community of us bouncing around really miserably <laughs> Sad bounces. <laughs> now then madam goodtit is going to the pleasance at the edinburgh fringe from august 3rd to 28th and then yes. and then you're going on a uk tour Yes, and then to Berlin. <laughs> well, you lived in Berlin, didn't you? Yeah, you've got to go to Berlin once you've lived there. You've got to add it into the tour. But it's my first UK tour. 
I'm so excited. That is exciting. That is exciting. Where can people find out what you're up to and keep an eye on everything that you're doing on the social medias, please? I'd say Instagram and Twitter. And it's at Helen, B-A-B-A-U-E-R. But there is a Helen Bauer who's very nice, who I do know. So you can also follow her if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Helen, it's been such a joy chatting to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Hello, I'm joined on the Zoom by comedian Yoriko Katani. Yoriko, hello. Hi, Mickey. How are you? I'm all right. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me. Let's talk about your comedy. And a lot of your comedy comes from the big differences in how things run in Japan and how things run in the UK. And I mean, I'm looking out of my window at the bin fire that seems to be the United Kingdom at the moment. How do you think we're doing right now? So it's very hot in in Japan in summer and also high humid as well. So uh, we got aircons in the transportation places. But now uh, in Britain, the heat wave is not like every day, isn't it? Like a few days. So I learned, I'm learning right now. And for example, when it's hot, I go to aircon cafe yep. or a supermarket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah. to, but of course, to buy groceries, but also the feel the yes, uh, cool air from fridge. <laughs> so you've been living in the UK for about twelve years now. Is that right? More than uh, twelve years now. So now I'm uh, over fifteen years. Yes, yes, seven, seventeen. I haven't uh, recounted. Sorry. I didn't warn you there'd be yeah. maths questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Uh, uh, 17 years now. And even though we're a bit more slapdash about things, you've totally fallen in love with it over here, haven't you? Yes, I do. Yes. I love here and also I love comedy here as well. What are the big draws? Because I think a lot of people who are in the UK right now are like, why on earth would anyone fall in love with this place? Because it does feel a little bit chaotic. Mm. So many things. And if I list here, probably I'll, I, I need another 10 hours. However, <laughs> <laughs> for example, sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Before, uh, I couldn't understand the sarcasm at all. Because in Japanese language, we don't really use that much. So in the past, I got so confused. But once you nail it, you just, yeah, I, I've been, at some point, I was overusing it. Um, <laughs> You're one of us now, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> you mentioned the comedy scene over here. I wondered what the comedy scene in Japan is like. We have lots of double acts. So yes, two people be on stage and have set or uh, sketches. But here in the UK, uh, I, I've seen like a double act or like uh, two or three or more, more uh, acts on stage. But uh, I see lots of acts are just one solo. Solo stand-up, yeah. Yes. So when you go back to Japan, do you do comedy there or do you go and watch it? Do you get involved? Before pandemic, yes. Every time when I went back to Japan, I went to watch uh, live comedy shows. And also I performed in Japan as well. 
However, not in Japanese language, in English language. Oh, interesting. Interesting.、Yeah. Are you trying to bring the concept of sarcasm to Japan? Do you think it's going to happen over there? Oh, I'd love to do it. I, just, <laughs> I love the challenge. Yes, why, why not? Why not? <laughs> Maybe in a few years' time, you know, like I'll make it, I nailed it. Everyone's speaking sarcastically. <laughs> I've changed a whole nation. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favourite bits of your comedy that I've been watching is your relationship with the British concept of ish. So, for listeners who might not know what I'm going on about, please could you tell us about ish and how you're getting on with it these days? When I came to the UK, and someone, I think, messaged me or something, and then said, like, Let's meet up at one ish. And I just couldn't understand because we <laughs> say, like, yeah, like around or about one o'clock, but that one ish is something, something, yes, hard to un- understand for like, people like myself that just didn't know the word at all. But now I get it. And、uh, I, again, like a sarcasm, I just use lots of, you know, ish. Um, ishness. <laughs> so, have you introduced the concept of ish to your family? Yeah, didn't work. Didn't work. <laughs> Keep trying. I think you can sell that and sarcasm. We believe in you. We believe in Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Give me a few years and I'll report you back. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, let's talk about your new show, which is called Kaiju About. Tell me about strange beasts and monsters and why you're talking about them. Yes, so,、um, I, Mickey, I don't know how much I can reveal at this point Ooh,、okay. uh, because uh, I don't want to be the person to spoil because、uh, I often, when I watch something and I, when I Google something and then when I see the reveal online, I'm like, oh no! <laughs> I didn't want to see it. <laughs> So, the show is about myself, who is a Japanese person, being living in the UK. And、uh, it's my story through my own experiences and some challenges.、Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, stories of my point of view. Kaiju is a Japanese word. So, if you Google,、uh, some people translate it as gigantic monsters、mm-hmm. or like, yes, monstrous beast. And so, Godzilla. Love a bit of Godzilla. <laughs>、yes. I've got a poster of him in my kitchen. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. Yes, Godzilla. And also on the Japanese Wikipedia page, the Nessie. Oh, the Loch Ness monster. Yes, yes.、Uh, it is said that Nessie is Loch Ness kaiju. As well. So, yes,、uh, there are so many meanings, but、uh, hopefully, <laughs> audience can get the feel of what the kaiju is in my show. So, one time I went to have a fresh start in my life,、mm-hmm. then something happened. And sort of your own personal kaiju. Let's say yes. <laughs> I love the mystery.、Yes. I love the mystery. She's, she's giving nothing away, listeners. I like it. But all of your shows and all of the comedy you do is very personal, isn't it? Yes. I do like to share 
my experiences and also uh, how I see the UK or now uh, when I go to Japan, how I see Japan is different from before.、Mm. Do you have like a Yuriko in the UK and a different Yuriko in Japan? Do you feel sort of divided? So before I went through so many,、um, yes, like a phase of like thinking, like, oh, how do I、uh, behave? Do I behave differently now? Or Uh, just how I behave, but probably now I'm just me, and、uh, <laughs> however I, I behave,、uh, just me, and、uh, yes, awesome. <laughs> but yeah. Keiju About is at the Pleasant Dome at the Edinburgh Fringe from August the third to the twenty eighth. Yuriko, where can people find out more about what you're up to, please? I'm on、uh, social media, so I'm on、uh, Instagram, Facebook、uh, page, and、uh, Twitter as well. And well, supermarket.、Um. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping cool in the freezer section. Yes, yes, yes.、Uh, looking at ice cream. <laughs> I'll see you there. Thank you so so much for chatting with me. Thank you so much for having me. Standard issue for all women.